You do your best, but you do things that are beyond your capability. So I read this, thought, this is perfect. There's no way I can finish this, but I will enter it. I'll train hard. I'll let everybody know what I'm doing. I thought I could probably make five out of the seven. And then, you know, I said, I will fail. But then the grandkids will see that Poppy had a good time, that there was no problem in failing. Welcome back to the Run to Remember Memorial Marathon podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Fairs. This week, pioneering broadcast journalist Linda Cavanaugh is here to recount her time reporting on the Oklahoma City bombing and anchoring the marathon broadcast. Plus, she talks about her new role as senior marathon ambassador. Then, 80-year-old Oklahoma native Dan Little sits down with us to discuss how he's breaking records by running seven marathons on seven continents in seven days and why he runs to remember. And last, Memorial Marathon Relay co-chairs Samantha Benson and Keeley Bright tell us everything there is to know about the relay and what teams can expect on race day. The 2023 OKC Memorial Marathon takes place the weekend of April 28th through the 30th. Visit okcmarathon.com to sign up to run or volunteer. We have a terrific lineup of guests this week, so let's get started. Linda Kavanaugh has been a pioneer of journalism in Oklahoma. As the state's first female co-anchor, she broke the glass ceiling and paved the way for generations of young women. During her 40 years at KFOR, she covered the Oklahoma City bombing and anchored the marathon broadcast. But now she has a new role as ambassador of the senior marathon. Linda joins me now alongside race director Carrie Watkins to talk about her unique perspective in the senior marathon. So nice to be here. Yes, Linda, we are so glad to have you here today. No offense, but that intro sounds like you're old. Well, that's because you wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, though. But anyway, we're so glad you're here, and we're glad to have you kind of leading the march of the Senior Marathon. Oh, it's fabulous. And walking. You're walking every day? Every day. But I have for a long time. I know. That's why we chose you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I saw what great things happen to you if you stay healthy and if you continue to exercise as you Uh grow older. My dad was... 95 when he passed away, but at the age of 85, I got this phone call from a neighbor. He said, uh, did you want to know that your father is up trimming his tree and he's on a ladder, but he has climbed into the top of the tree now? I said, I'd rather not. <laughs> Thanks for the call. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. We had someone here from Mercy, and they told us that you have a better chance of cognitive health, better cognitive health by walking every day. Isn't that amazing? 30%. That just, and yeah, and he said just th- even 30 minutes a day of, of walking just helps your So you're on the right health. road. Can yeah. you imagine where I'd be without no, it? No, thank God you're walking. <laughs> I know, really. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I mean, cognitive health is a big part of who Absolutely. we are. And remaining healthy as a senior is very important. I know you're on the early edge of being a senior, but um, <laughs> but it is important to lead the way. And, and really, you, you have done so much for Oklahoma City. It's fun that you've kind of helped us inaugurate this senior run. So tell us just a little bit about why you choose to walk and what that does for you on a daily basis. You mean why I walk all the time? Right. Uh, Because it just makes you feel better. And on the days that I can't walk, we've got a bicycle in the house and I ride that. Um, A stationary bike. Well, no, we've got a big house. No, of course it's a stationary bike. She makes a lap. (laughs) Right. It's just, um, it just, it makes you feel better mentally and physically. 
you sleep better, you feel better, and I think life just goes better for you if you're healthy. Do you walk alone or do you walk with a friend? I walked with my sisters for a while, but then we had trouble getting our schedules uh-huh. to match, and so I pretty much just go whenever I can. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's fun. That's awesome. And I listen to podcasts or I listen to music or you just you have some time to yourself, and it's just wonderful. So you're keeping track of your miles on your yes. phone and you're, you're, you're ready for race weekend. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. So let's go back to your broadcast career. You were in Vietnam the day of the bombing. You tell us that story. So strange. Photojournalist Tony Stizza and I had gone to um, Vietnam with a former POW. And at this point in the trip, we had made our way into Hanoi, which was still under communist control, which still is. We had gotten up early the, the day before, so we went to bed early. And during the middle of the night, I got up to go to the bathroom and... In Vietnam at that time, in order for the lights to come on, you had to put this little card in a receptacle by the door. Mm -hmm. And so I got up and I put the card in the receptacle. The lights came on, but so did the television. But I heard this voice and it was so familiar to me. I thought, what in the world is that? So I walked back in and it was Tara Bloom from Channel 4. And she was reporting on this news conference, which had been the first of the event. And I looked and it was just this huge table of all kinds of people, Bob Macy and the mayor and and everybody who in Oklahoma City were in leadership positions at that point. I thought, what in the world is going on? So I just sat there and waited. And then they showed the first pictures that I had seen of the site. And it was bone chilling. Just could not believe it. I called Tony Stizzo and I said, you've got to turn on your television. The first thing he said was, oh, my God. And so I called the news director, and she said, you have to get home. And I said, that's easier said than done, but let me start. And because it was communist, everything had been by the letter, and everything right. was already arranged, and they were not going to let us go. So we dug into our pockets and got what cash we could, and we finally got out. What impressed me most about that ride back is we went through London, and every place we went, they had it on their sets. And if you recall, I think this was the first major international event that was broadcast that way because right. this was the first time they had the technology to do it. So besides seeing the newspaper headlines at every place we stopped, you saw people huddled around these television sets, compelled to watch it because it was just incredible. And for people who aren't seniors, seriously, right. we didn't have—not everybody had a cell phone in 1998. No. And, and when so you did, it was the size of a brick. Right. Mm-hmm. People weren't texting you and calling you and telling you about this. No. No iPhones, no communication right. like that, no computers in the rooms, right. n- no way to, to even know what was going on. What an interesting perspective. It was just—it uh, was chilling. Yeah. So you came back and went straight to work and— Yes. We left on a Wednesday and got— and, of course, there was time change and right. got back Friday morning, and I just went straight into the station. Wow. Remarkable. And then yeah. I didn't leave that desk. People would say, well, what did you think of, of the the site? Well, I never left that desk for probably until they demolished the building. Right. So for days and days, and, and everyone did such a wonderful job. And television stations from around the country sent us additional help because it was such a monumental story that we just needed— all the hands on deck that we could get. And then all the networks were working on the local affiliates yes, as well. true. All true. So fast forward, you you covered the story really from basically start to finish. You went to the execution of McVeigh. Yes. We have your notes in the museum. T- tell us just to reflect a little bit about why it was important to show the, the face of a terrorist and to understand 
his mindset as we continue to teach the story now 28 years later? Because it was so pointless. It was just an event that did not have to happen. And to understand that mindset is you have to understand lunacy. And you have to understand the terrorist mentality, which is not the way most of us think day to day. And the fact that he would do that with children and everyone involved who were really innocent people uh, was just almost incomprehensible to the world at that point. Right. Now, that's changed, sadly, over yeah, the that, years. Isn't that pathetic? Yeah, yeah, it is pathetic. It really was kind of the first crack of our innocence of just people going to work and not being able to come home because of that's exactly the mindset right. of a terrorist. Yeah. So how have those moments affected you as you've reflected back? What do you think about that now, 28 years later, and what, what have you learned? I have learned that human beings are very strong people. And the people affected by the bombing in Oklahoma City were remarkable. Tony Stiz and I, the photojournalist, started as soon as it was physically possible when the, the constant coverage ended to interview and, and document the people who were in that building or the first responders. Because I think that it's, it's pretty well known that the longer you wait after an event— the stories change a bit. Right. So it's important to talk to them as soon as you can while it's still fresh in their minds. And we did that, and it was remarkable. The inner strength these ordinary people had, and I could name everyone that we did in this series, but, but people like Susan Walton, who, if I understand correctly, was the most seriously injured who survived, she was just—it was horrible injuries. Right. And, she, and I talked to her not too long ago. And 25 years after the bombing, she's having to redo everything. The legs that were reconstructed, her jaws, her dental. And so it's been a continuing life challenger for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's— She serves on our conscience committee. I mean, what a, what a valiant woman, just her strength and the courage she's had. And, and always smiling. Just going to the bank, just going to the credit yeah. union that day. Yeah. That was it. Yep. And you got to cover the OKC Marathon for several years. Every as, one of them. Yeah. So, yeah, so tell us one. about So that was fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's tell, fun. Us about, tell us about that experience. The marathon is remarkable in that all of these people come from not only Oklahoma City and Oklahoma, but from around the nation to be part of this event, I think in large part because of its message. Mm -hmm. And I think that they come here with a purpose and by running— they're part of what happened. And a lot of the people who run are actually were, at, certainly from the, at the beginning, survivors or family of survivors and um, first responders. Mm -hmm. And so it was a, a way to come together in a positive way to remember what happened and to celebrate the strength and the determination of everyone who was there for that event. Do you have a favorite memory for the marathon? Oh, they're all great. It's just so much fun to watch the people who you wouldn't necessarily think would be marathoners cross that line right. and be so doggone excited about it mm -hmm. because they've worked Incredible to do feet. that. Yeah. 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 And then to see the national names that come in to participate, that's fun as well. It's all great. And now you're getting to continue on as the ambassador for the senior marathon with Jane Jerome. Yes. Yes. So is, she walking, is she walking? Is she walking? I'm, I'm asking you. <laughs> Don't ask us. All right, I'm calling her when I get home. <laughs> I'm sure she she's is. walking. Yes, I'm yes. Sure she's she been is. walking. She's very busy, but we had her on earlier because uh -huh. we couldn't coordinate your two schedules. But she's been walking, and she'll be there on 
Saturday morning and I as think, well. Carrie, if I remember correctly, that she threw down a little competition and oh, said she was she? she was going to cross the finish line before you. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Now I'm glad <laughs> well, she better that. start Kristen, today. Kristen's young, so she can remember all this stuff. <laughs> I'll call her as soon as I get home. <laughs> <laughs> so, what does the addition of this race mean? What does it mean to you? And what do you think it means to the OKC community? Oh, I think as well? it's fabulous. Because a lot of people, I think, would like to participate, but maybe don't have the physical um, ability to run a marathon anymore. Mm -hmm. But they can certainly walk. And by being able to do it on their own schedule prior to the marathon and just finishing the race by walking the last, what, mile and a half? Right. It gives them an opportunity to do it at their leisure, but also to be part of this huge celebration. So I think it's fabulous. Yeah, it's going to add a lot to race weekend, I think. And uh, we're, we're thinking we're going to top a thousand people in the senior marathon. So how close are you? Well, we're, we're we're still a few weeks out, but I'm just telling you, I think we're going to get to a thousand. <laughs> I bet. Well, if you say it, I'm sure. Oh, it's I true. don't know, but I'm, we're pushing. So everyone who has family who are you know, 65 and older, sign them up and get them training. And it, the Y's done a great job of bringing people together and. We're grateful to Mercy for their sponsorship, but you and Jane kind of lead the way, and we feel like people will will follow you and Jane because they have for so many years, and they believe in the work you guys do, and you're authentic and honest, and they know they know when you say you'll show up, you'll be there. We'll be there. Well, thanks for being a part of this. We're grateful f- for all that you've done through the years, and we're glad to have you involved, and we know that um, you'll help lead the charge with the seniors as they walk. So the walk is in front of the memorial down park. Robinson right into Scissor Tail Park and it's going to be an incredible morning. Oh, the whole the whole route that you have is just beautiful. It's just going to be so much fun. Thank you so much for all you've done. A and uh, We're looking forward to having you there on race weekend. We'll be there. Yeah, thanks Linda. Thanks You're for welcome. joining us today. Thank you, Kristen. Heartland first became the museum's neighbor and then became one of our more recent partners, the Marathon's Health and Wellbeing Sponsor. In addition to this sponsorship, Heartland began a running club for employees, providing them with needed tools and training. Hi, I'm Kara Greenhaw, Vice President of HR at Heartland, and we are proud to be the health and well-being sponsor of this year's Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon. The Memorial Marathon is a celebration of life, honoring the memories of those who survived and those we lost on April 19, 1995. At Heartland, we strive to impact our team and community by supporting organizations and activities that keep us happy and healthy. We are proud to stand by all who make this the run to remember. Seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. This is the goal for a select group of elite runners who embark on the World Marathon Challenge. And at 80 years old, Medill, Oklahoma native Dan Little is not only the oldest to complete it, but he just ran it again for a second time. Dan joins me today alongside race director Kerry Watkins to talk about this tremendous feat and his more than 218 marathons and ultra marathons. Dan, welcome. Well, thank you. Good to be here. I'm tired just listening to his intro. Me too. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, seriously, we followed you on every continent this year. We loved watching. I mean, we didn't really follow you there, but we were watching on social media. You had great success. You're 80 years old. I mean, what an accomplishment. Well, um, thank you. I do have one correction. Okay. 236 marathons. 236. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Yep. <laughs> done. Which continent did you start on? Okay. Um, we gather in Cape Town. 
um, do orientation, and then we take a five-hour flight to Antarctica, go on a cargo plane, special plane to land on the ice. Mm -hmm. Then we get off. As soon as we can, we do the Antarctica Marathon. This year, it was absolutely brutal. It's so always, cold? It was cold, always cold, but this year we had 40-mile-per-hour wind oh, wow. all day. And but so, your Oklahoma training came through for you. Yeah, the wind. You know. You've got the wind training. <laughs> that's, that's correct. Uh, so that, that's all, and that's why we do it first, get that out of the way. And then they take you from continent to continent. It's all on one big plane. Mm-hmm. There, there were like 55 competitors, and so we fly together, and uh, we, we live, sleep, eat on the airplane the whole week. I mean, do you have like a bed on there? What? No. You're just, <laughs> I just can't imagine. I can't imagine running one marathon not well rested, let alone doing this on seven continents in seven days. You know, so you're just in like a regular airplane seat, basically? Well, in 2019, the seats did not recline oh all the gosh. way back, which, you know, for the first two nights, it was somewhat difficult after the third, you could, so sleep, you, could sleep, you could yeah. sleep anywhere. This time we had a bigger plane, and so we got to take turns on seats that would go horizontal. Okay. Nice. And you said, so of the 55 people, does everybody complete this challenge, or do some people not make it? You know, uh, most do, and some are half marathons. Okay. And several had to drop back to the half marathons mm-hmm. because of injuries. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, generally, it's... But that uh, never occurred to you? Not yet. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Wait, you blew my mind. Did you hear him? He said, not, not yet. yet. <laughs> Does this mean you're planning on doing it again? I do. Wow. <laughs> and I'm hoping in, in 2025 to do it and to do it with at least one of my grandchildren. Very so, cool. Very, very cool. So you run Antarctica first, and then what's next? Well, Antarctica, and it's just all on ice and snow. Uh-huh. And, Did you, know, you were th- put cleats on your tennis shoes or what? You know, some people do, most don't. Okay. Um, then we just get back on the airplane and fly to Cape Town. Okay. And that's Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, do Cape Town, which is along the ocean front. Just a, Incredible. a beautiful course. You know, in 2019, it had an historic heat wave. It got up to 103. So we went from minus 25 to 103 in, in, 20, hours. in, in, 20, in 20 hours. Oh, my oh gosh. gosh. Um, this but, year, you know, it, was, it was much better. And usually we would fly six hours later to Perth, Australia. This year we had a foul up, and we had to spend an extra day just waiting to get our airplane out of Cape Town, which threw everything off course. Sure. And it meant we did three marathons in the last two days. Oh, my so, gosh. <laughs> so, I missed that part of the story. Uh, well, but but Perth, it, it was beautiful. Was it? It's along the river, mm-hmm. downtown, and I think we started about midnight. And if you're slow enough, you get to see the sunrise. If you're fast, you go in, it's dark. You so. get to go take a nap. the beauty. So then from Perth, what's next? It's a, like a 15-hour flight from Cape Town to Perth. Okay. And then to Dubai. And that's about 12 hours. And um, again, Dubai is just along the ocean, a beautiful course. And then we fly 10 hours. We would have gone to Madrid to the Formula One racetrack. Mm -hmm. Because of the foul up, we had to end up going to a small town 
And I thought that it would be flat, and it was the most difficult course of, of everything. The, the short course, the uphill was steep, and the downhill was too steep to mm-hmm. run. Mm-hmm. So, and that's where most people got injured. Yes. Cobblestones, anyway. Mm-hmm. Then it was from there to Brazil, Fortaleza's, and that was a beautiful course. It was number six. So things are, are getting pretty darn serious. You're starting serious. to get a little tired. Ser- well, <laughs> you know, you're, you're tired fr- from the beginning. Uh, but it, by that time, you can also begin to smell the barn. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so then, you know, flew uh, what, 10 hours to Miami. And you wrapped it up there. Yes. And oddly enough, I felt stronger at the end of the Miami Marathon than any of the other marathons. So that that so was encouraging. What does it feel like? I mean, not only to just accomplish this, but then to sit back and know that you are the oldest person who's ever done this. Like, how does that feel at the end of the seven days? You know, as I've said before, really from the first marathon on, you're feeling totally exhausted, half dead, but never more alive at the same time. So I love that line. There, I I there's too. just a feeling there mm-hmm. that, and that everybody shares, and it's a it's a great bonding experience. And there's you know competitors in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies. Nobody else in their eighties. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're the oldest to complete it. Yes. And how does that make you feel? Um, somewhat puzzled <laughs> because. I mean, I can remember when 80 just seemed ancient. But what I, a way to age. Right. Really. Well, right. Uh, and, and one fun fun thing is uh, many of the competitors during some of the marathons, when they're passing me for the umpteenth time on their loops, they'll come up and, and say, you know, when I grow up, I want to be like you. <laughs> and so that's kind of a, a fun, right. fun deal. Do you have a favorite race of those seven? You know, it would be Perth. Would it? It would be Perth. What, why, what makes that different? It's, it's beautiful, and we have a, a great place to rest at the beginning, and both times, it's, it's been my favorite. Wow. What made you get into this? This was not on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. I'd vaguely heard about it, and Dustin Rowe, who was then a Tishomingo attorney, now Supreme Court Justice, right. um, sent me an article from the New York Times, and it was about the World Marathon Challenge. Mm-hmm. And he scribbled on it, this is you, do it for your grandchildren. So I read that, and I thought, this is perfect for my grandchildren. Not in the way that Dustin probably thought, but you know, with my grandchildren, I, I have a saying, Fui on FOF. Fui on FOF. What's FOF? FOF is the acronym for fear of failure. And so I just say to the grandkids, just get over fear of failure. You do your best, but you do things that are beyond your capability. So I read this, thought, this is perfect. There's no way I can finish this, but I will enter it. I'll train hard. I'll let everybody know what I'm doing. And um, I thought I could probably make five <laughs> out of the seven. And then, you know, I said, I will fail. But then the grandkids 
we'll see that Poppy had a good time, that there was no problem in failing. And so that was my thinking. I love that phrase. You said that you hope to, in 2025, do this with one of your grandkids. There are one runner in the group of... You know, the oldest um, who I think could do it uh-huh. is, is Charlie. And two summers ago, he went along with three other young lads to Alaska, and they went completely off-grid for 45 days and backpacked and having to, every two weeks, they would have food dropped in. So it was, it was an adventure. And, and to do that, I mean, he's, he's tough. So you've got your spirit of adventure. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I, I think so and more. <laughs> Wow. So, so you've run a lot, 236 marathons, yes. correct? And you've also run here in Oklahoma City. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit just about our race and what makes it special and what is important to you about that. You know, I, I think the story and how it got started from the Murrah bombing made it very special then and it still continues. They do a great job. You know, when you come in and you see the different faces and the different posters, it's still very meaningful, very emotional. Where were you April 19th, 1995? I was in Medill. Oh, my gosh. I remember it vividly because I had clerked a year for Judge Murrah Mm -hmm. uh, in the federal court building. Uh, so was he as great as everyone? Just unbelievable. It, just a wonderful, charismatic person, and you know you would think Judge Murr is the one who the building was named mm-hmm, after, mm-hmm, the youngest federal mm-hmm. judge ever to be named to the bench, and, and was an orphan. I mean, oh okay. And he was then Chief Justice of the Tenth Circuit, right? Uh, so the highest ranking Oklahoma judge, and great judge, but had the personality of, of a U.S. senator. I mean, just a very charismatic man. Last year, I got to watch Dan come in and our mutual <laughs> friend Polly Nichols put the yes. medal over you, which was really meaningful for her. And uh, anyway, it was a very special Well, it, it was. And what a wonderful surprise. Yeah. So. She literally had just flown in from somewhere and it uh-huh. really worked out perfectly <laughs> on the timing. Uh-huh. So she got to put the medal around his neck, which I think was good for both of you. It was. It's very special. So you have the Dan Man Challenge. Tell us about that. Yes. Okay. The Dan Man Challenge is a race on the Otika D Ranch where I live. And it's 10 miles, half marathon, marathon, or 50 miles. And my law partner started it. And when they wanted to name it after me, and it was a little bit of a takeoff off the Iron Man, mm-hmm. the Dan Man I said, okay, but two conditions. There will not be any cutoffs on the distant races and then no registration fees. So we get a lot of first-time 50-milers from Mm -hmm. no tellings where because we don't have any cutoffs. So they come and give it a try. Yeah. Usually the cutoffs is 12 hours. Right. And so, you know, like last year, we started at 8, so the usual cutoff would be at 8 Mm o'clock p.m., Usually most are in by 10 or 11. Last year, we had five that did not get in until 2 a.m. Wow. Then we had one lady who had come in at 2 a.m., and she had one more loop to go, and she was just totally exhausted and wanted to finish so badly. So we just put her to bed, 
And then at 8 a.m. the next morning, she got up and finished. Oh, my gosh. And got her great. medal. Yeah, that is. Great support. That's, <laughs> that's is. called good support system. It is. <laughs> How many memorial marathons have you run? Do you know? You know, I was trying to figure that out. I would guess eight, ten. Um, you're going to miss this year because you're going to a wedding. You know, my goddaughter is getting married in Chicago. That's more just, important. Just, it is. I have to. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, uh, we but know I'll be there next year. That's yeah. I say. We know you'll <laughs> yeah. be back. Yeah, and I was there last year. We know. Yeah. So. <laughs> what an incredible man. And just you've done a lot for Oklahoma and for Medill and, and just for running in general. And to have completed what you did— in seven days, I know. It's remarkable. <laughs> but it is. It's thank you for so sharing fun it with to, us. It's so fun to talk to you. It's so fun to hear about. Well, thank you. My privilege and pleasure. So, mm-hmm. your your what would be your advice to runners who are getting up off the couch to start the Memorial Marathon? Okay. In, in, any any race. Any race. Start slowly and do it consistently. In fact, I work out every day. And we like can in, tell. And like in the last thirty five years, have missed like five days. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, to keep my streak, I don't have to go either minimum of two miles or 20 minutes on a stationary bike or swimming or whatever. But if you work out every day, it's never a question of if, which takes willpower. If you do it every day, it's just a question of when, mm-hmm. which takes almost no willpower. So I'm, I'm a real advocate of just don't do much. Hard part's getting started. To do something. but mm-hmm. And the magic number is four miles. You don't have to do these much longer distance. Right. For your health, all you have to do is four miles. But you'll get much more benefit from four miles than two miles or even three miles. So do your three daughters, what do they think about all this? <laughs> um, they tolerate it very well. <laughs> Do they ever think you've lost your mind, or do they think, or do they into it as much as you are? No, not okay. at all. Okay. And, and they uh, thought I lost my mind many, many years ago. <laughs> so, so now they're just putting up. With they it. just, yeah, they, yeah, they're very supportive uh, and shake their head, yeah. roll their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a, I know, what a great example. So to amazing your, to those nine yeah. grandkids. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. So fun to have you here, Dan. Thank we you. Really appreciate you stopping by. When the decision was made to move the finish line to Scissortail Park, it made perfect sense to partner with the Omni, downtown Oklahoma City's newest and largest hotel. Its proximity to the finish line and the activities associated with the marathon weekend makes the Omni a convenient choice for runners. This is the Omni's third year as the marathon's official host hotel. I'm Paul Kiley, Director of Sales and Marketing at the Omni Oklahoma City Hotel. On behalf of all the associates of Omni Hotels and Resorts, we're honored to support the Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon as the host hotel. Genuine hospitality matters to all of us, and as new neighbors in the downtown community, we welcome our guests, the runners, and volunteers. Oklahoma City's narrative continues to evolve, and the Omni is proud to pay homage to the heritage and the modern progress of this resilient city. We'll see you at the finish line. The Memorial Marathon isn't just for solo runners. You can experience the run to remember with friends, family, and coworkers while running together in the relay. Here to give us the details are relay co-chairs Samantha Benson and Keeley Bright. Samantha, Keeley, thanks for joining us today. Thanks Thank for having us. Thank you. These ladies make it all happen. I mean, they are the details behind the details. Yes, this is one of those things that, you know, I've said this before with this podcast, that you learn the behind the scenes. I used to be a runner who showed up, and now I'm a runner who shows up and realizes, wow, it took a lot to get to the start line. And the relay has a lot of logistics. 
Yes, it absolutely yeah. has a lot of logistics. Very much, so. yes, yeah. very much. So we'll get into that, and let's just first talk about your involvement with the marathon and how you got started. Yeah, so um, I have been the relay chairman for about 10 years now, and before that, my company sponsored a water stop, and so we were involved that way, and then I was asked to be the relay chairman, and um, yeah. One decade since. later. One decade later, she's still, she's still here. She's still showing up. She's still here. She's still talking to us. <laughs> Keely, what about you? I actually started out as a participant. I ran the relay, um, a part, not the entire relay, uh-huh. my leg of the of relay, uh-huh. and then I ran the half the next year, mm-hmm. and I had a great time and then decided that I wanted to help in other capacities. And Samantha and I have been friends for a long time. So about five or six years ago, I started helping. And okay, I recruited her. You recruited <laughs> me, yes. And, <laughs> and now I help her. All right. So let's do the breakdown of the relay first. Yeah, so absolutely. So the team is made up of five runners. And those five runners complete the full marathon course. And so we have it broken up into five legs. There's a 10K, 5K, 12K, 5K, and then the final 10K to the finish line. Okay. Now, sometimes you'll see people with two bibs, mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. marathon bib or half marathon bib and a relay bib. Yep. You want to just talk about yeah, that for so, a second? Absolutely. If they wanted to run the half marathon and part of the relay, they would run relay leg one. Okay. And so they would wear their half bib and their relay bib. Okay. So really, you can run more than one leg, correct? Yes, absolutely. So they would still just wear one bib, but they could, you know, run leg one and continue through leg two, hand off to someone on leg three, however they want to do that. Okay. And then there are categories of the relay. Keely, do you want to talk about the categories of the relay? Sure. So we have an open division, and then we have a master's division. We have corporate division, different groups, odds and ends. Things like that. Okay. How do you qualify for the master's division? That's people who are 40 and above. Okay. Let's talk about the exchange zones. So you're running your first leg of the relay. (laughs) What do you do? Yep. So the first leg is obviously at the start line. Mm -hmm. So they're the first one. They get the experience of the start line, which is really fun. And then they run to um, the corner of 36 and Walker. And there is actually a split there for the relays. So at 36 and Walker, if they can kind of be on the right side of the course, then they run um, straight there on Walker, and they'll exchange in the park in that area. And is it on the runners to notify your team member, okay, I'm coming up on this, or is there something that's going on behind the scenes there? How does that That work? That would be our dream, that they (laughs) would know all of their team members Okay, and they you would can have track a way them in the app. Of yes. Identity. yes, yes, you can you track, can track them, them in the app. So if they'll if they'll kind of pay attention do to, that. to tracking, or if the app, runners text awesome. their mm-hmm. text their, the way. next leg, I'm, yes. you know, yes. thirty seconds out. Okay, or if they don't know each other, they can have maybe matching shirts or hats, hats. or yeah. something. Something. Um, yeah, there's really only a split off the marathon course on relay one and relay two exchange, and there's a ton of signage. There's flags. There's little yard signs. So if they just look for that purple signage, there's volunteers. Mm -hmm. Like, they can't get lost. It's also on the app if you're running. And if you want to, if you're running it, it really is smart to drive it. Yes. Drive your leg and drive the exchange day or two or a week before. And even with your team to say, this is where we're going to meet or here's where we're going to exchange. Sure. I mean, the onus is on the runner at this point. I mean, we we put all the signage out and all that, but they've got to know where to go and and how to follow. So, um, that's why it's so smart to like have landmarks picked out in your mind and know that mm-hmm. this is where you're going to 
meet your next relay team member. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you all provide a way for the relay runners to get to those exchange spots and to get back to the finish line? Yes. The buses. The buses okay. are back. Yay. Yay. So by popular demand, um, obviously we had with COVID, there were some restrictions. So that's why we did not have them for the last couple of years. But yes, the buses are back. And they're also provided by the Chickasaw Nation, which is great. Great. We're so So thankful for that. And they'll load on the buses according to which relay stop they are running, which exchange. And they'll be taken to that point in the race and dropped off. And then whoever finishes at that leg would then get picked up back on the bus and brought back downtown. Okay. And I've seen— And so you either can go to the convention center for drop-off. Okay. But if you want to meet your other relay runners, we have a drop-off, and we're moving it just a little bit this year. Last year it was at uh, Lee over by Angry Scotsman. This year we're going to move it a little bit so we don't clog up the— finish line, people who've been running for a couple hours, and then the relayers are all excited. Right. So we're going to move them a little bit across the, across Oklahoma City Boulevard, and the bus will drop them off at Southwest 3rd and Lee. Or if you're driving yourself, you're not going to get that close to the—you're not going to be able to park over there. But right. there'll be a gate that only your relay bib will get you okay. through. It'll be a secured gate with a police officer. But we will have the buses dropping off at Southwest 3rd and Lee, which literally is a 20-, 30-foot walk through the gate. Okay. And we have all this reinforcement at the finish line, dump trucks, fire trucks, things so that no one could ever penetrate the course. And so we're leaving a very small gap for the relayers to get through. So we'll have some flags, and you'll see it. Okay. And it keeps the course open then for the— Runners, and then the, as the as the last leg comes through, they'll join their. They person. can join, so you can come and join your team to cross the finish line right. as a team of five. It's yes, really it's fun, really fun, mm-hmm. so yeah, fun yeah. for them. It is, and it's then awesome. they can all get their medals together yeah, and pictures. get the photos. Yeah. And I'm assuming that it's still okay if somebody chooses to drive themselves. It is. Um, but would you recommend the buses? I would recommend the buses. The it's just so hard to maneuver around the course on right. that day because obviously it's closed for the runners. However, I mean there are parking areas available by each relay station. Okay. However, again, it gets crowded. Right. So, yeah, just come ride the bus. Right, yeah. right. What about gear? If you are running leg two or leg three and you have gear? You can check it at the start line. You can check it at the yes. start and line. And finish up at the finish line, but mm-hmm. that's it. there's yeah. only one gear check. Okay, yes. right. okay. Do you all have any hydration or anything like that at the relay stops? Oh, yes. We are our own little mini finish lines, if uh-huh. you will, uh-huh. with all of the hydration, snacks, whatever you might need. Medical tents aren't far either. So yes, we have all of that provided for the runners. But we do ask that it just be for the participants. But yes, we do have that available. And then when I think about a relay, like, you know, I think about a track meet where you're running with a little baton in your hands. So how is... (laughs) I thought the same thing. The first year I was like, where are the batons, Samantha? Like, why are they not like passing them off? Right, right. So how does that handoff go? (laughs) So no baton, sorry to disappoint any one. Um, but there is a little chip, um, like it's a little ankle band that you can wear or you should wear around your ankle. And then it just unvelcros and it's going to pick up when you cross those timing mats, what your time is and show that your whole team has finished and okay. completed and, the race. And that timing chip is how you track your, mm-hmm. your, 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 your members. Your relay team. Yeah. Right. It's ta- okay. So it's not through the bib. It's through the, the ankle yeah. chip. Okay. And the other important part of that is you can throw it away and you're done or you can keep it as a souvenir. We don't want those back. Um, yes. Is there a cap on the relay numbers? Is it too late to sign up? Is there still space for relay space. teams this year? Yeah, mm-hmm. no. I mean, we're we're excited. Um, definitely tons of space, and we'll be ready for as many 
as many runners as we can. The relay have. is a great way to enter the race. Grab sure. grab four friends. One of them really should be a good runner, but the rest of you can be beginners and, right. yeah. <laughs> and go run it. And you yes. see the city uh-huh. and pick out a cute top together, shorts or something. Right. And right. I mean, I, I think it's one of the most fun races because you you can just jump in and mm-hmm. um, jump in with some friends and just make a day of it. And then you got to challenge them to beat the gov because the, yes. the, the governor's yes. did challenges relay teams to beat his time. Last mm-hmm. year, about half of them did. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And he yes. hasn't run since. Yeah, chance there's to, a good chance. Yeah. Yep, there's a good chance. Yes. Yeah. And that's great. We appreciate that support. And everyone that we've encountered as part of his team have been wonderful and very supportive. And we're mm-hmm. grateful for that. Do you all have any fun, just kind of relay team stories or fun memories or funny relay team names that... Um, I mean, the, there are people that'll do costumes. Oh, those and are things the best. That are, yeah, they're like, all like Forrest Gump. Yeah, <laughs> like every single one of them. I uh-huh. love the team names too. Yeah, yes. people are really creative with team names and shirts. And um, again, I, it's just fun. It's just a great way to support the city, to support the mission of the memorial, and it's about fun and getting friends together and just having a great time. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about. Just rules of the race. You can't have hydration vest, and what are some of the other rules? Backpacks aren't allowed. Right. Yeah, there's hydration throughout the course. There's water stops, and then, um, like Keely mentioned earlier, obviously at the end of each relay exchange, there's bottled water, there's body armor bottles, there's oranges and bananas and cookies and pretzels, so there's no need to bring your own stuff. We've got you. So Mm -hmm. let's just talk about two things. The buses, you get on your bus downtown, and you ride it to... Your stop. It's not between stops. It's it's back Correct. and forth and then back downtown, right? Correct. Yeah. It's not a take you all around the city and have a little tour of all the places. It is where you're going and then back downtown. That's and very I'm assuming you've got to have a bib to get on that bus. Correct. Yes. Yes. yes that is so it's also not security. for family members to no. ride Correct. around. No. Okay. And we do get that question a lot. People will, they'll show up, you know, at Relay 2 and they're like, wait, how do I get over to 4? And we're like, well... Call Uber. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because the bus is not going to take them there. And then, can one runner pick up the entire packet or not? Uh, this year, yes, we had changed that during COVID. However, this year we're back to one team member can pick up the packet with all the bibs. In Everyone's it invited the, down to the expo. Yeah. But and the expo is great. Yeah, so it's fun so to come fun. down again. Yes. Photo ops, and it's a great time. So let's talk about the the different stops. So relay runner one starts at the start line. They run to the intersection of 36 and Walker. They will continue north on Walker, and then they will turn on 38. The exchange is right there in the park at 38th and— Crown Heights um, Park. Yep. So then Relay 2 Runner will take off from there, and they'll rejoin the course on Chartel. So they'll get the experience of Gorilla Hill, and they will run to the Chesapeake campus. And so that leg's a 5K, correct? That leg is 5K. Yep. The first one was a 10K. Uh Then that leg is a 5K. They'll run to the Chesapeake campus. Again, there's a little split. So if they can be on the right side, they'll stay straight from, and they'll go up one block further so that the exchange is kind of out of the way. Okay. And the reason we do that, just so runners know, is so that those people who are running the full... Have a clear path. Right. And they're not messed up by people clumping around waiting right. for the runners. It's, it's not to hurt anyone. Yeah, yeah. you still have a lot of runners. and um, So that's why we split those two. So then 
The next runner will pick up at Chesapeake, and they will go, this is the long play, uh, so this is the 12K. 12K, and they will run all the way to Independence Charter School. Okay. And it's at 65th and Independence. So think about this. You're running up Classen to Wilshire, through Nichols Hills. Mm-hmm. Over to Britain, through Lakehurst to Independence yep. Charter School. Exactly. Okay. This is where you need your athlete. Yep. Um, So from Independence Charter School, they will wind back along Grand, and they will end up in Nichols Hills um, at Sherwood and Grand Boulevard. Okay. And that's a 5K. Uh To that one. And then at Nichols Hills Park there, they will, the last runner picks up and finishes at the finish line. That's a 10K to the finish line. That's yes. a long run. I mean, that's, that's a long run. Yeah, it's down, 10K. 6.2. Yep. All yeah. down Classen and mm-hmm. the beautiful wind. and But <laughs> you're going to be great entertainment on Classen this yes. year. And so yep. the Asian District has really helped us with entertainment along that. So mm-hmm. it, it'll be a fun be experience fun. for people. Yep. Yeah. So again, if you ride the buses, just get downtown. And the streetcars are free that weekend. So it's easy to maneuver around. Like if you need to park somewhere further out, maybe up in Midtown, and then just jump on the streetcar. So you get mm-hmm. on the bus. For your exchange, and again, you're not going all around to all the stops. You're going from your from downtown to your exchange zone and then back downtown. Right, and yes. You can either go to the convention center and go to the Finish Line Festival, or you can go to meet your team at Southwest 3rd and Lee, and as your team comes, you'll get on the course. Cross yep. the finish line together. Get on yes. the Marathon app and hit the relay button yes. on the maps. It is so clearly defined, and I, I just can't reiterate enough to the runners to know where your spot is, how you're going to get there, mm-hmm. how you're going to get back. Communicate with your team. Yep. And Relay Runner 2 is the one that makes the split when the half marathon and the full marathon split. So that's another one to kind of pay attention to. They will um, they will turn on to Western from 50th, and they'll head north on Western. But they just follow the full marathon signage. It's green it's signage. It's a big arch. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's a huge. Super day. It's a huge. Um, yes. So, yeah. Well, you, you ladies do a remarkable job, and I think this is the hardest race to manage. A lot of logistics. A lot of logistics, and they do an incredible job, and um, we're really grateful for you guys being detail people. You've got two Capricorns here. We're yeah. two Type A. <laughs> we're Type A. So. <laughs> Makes me twitch a little bit, but we do love you. <laughs> Thank you. No, you're great. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining yeah. us, and thanks for telling us more about the relay and just getting us informed. And if you want to know about the relay or sign up, go to okcmarathon.com. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Run to Remember podcast. Click the link in the show notes to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on the latest Run to Remember news. The Memorial Marathon takes place the weekend of April 28th through the 30th. It's just one month away, so be sure to visit okcmarathon.com to sign up today. This is your host, Kristen Fairs. Thanks for tuning in. Mom!